Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Zone 607, the podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm your host, Mike C., back in the studio once again this week as it's almost fall. Uh, We got so much news to go over this week, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of cool stuff. But before we get to that, I just want to introduce my buddy here, the man that's in the studio with me every week. He's my co-host. He was once the Pink Power Ranger. Everybody say hello to Rich. I was definitely the sexiest Pink Power Ranger as well. Oh, my God. No doubt. That's just no doubt. And I, I, I usually am humble about these things. But I think that I should pat myself on the back for being the absolute sexiest Pink Ranger of all time. Absolutely. All time. Absolutely. I agree. Although that could be a horror movie in its own. Yeah. Me as the Pink Ranger. We might be able to get that deal done. Uh, I don't know if I want to put on the spandex, I heard they're making brother. another one. Well, It's time it, to get you back in the suit. I just I just want to point out that they should probably stop making those dumpster fire of a movies. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I never had any interest in any of those. No. I know that's probably sacrilege to a lot of people listening, but... This wasn't my thing. But uh, let's kick off the news this week since Absolutely. we do have so much to talk about. Uh, I would say the biggest thing that really uh, hit this week was we uh, you know, we, we heard some rumors a couple of weeks back that Paul Rudd was approached to play Tommy Doyle in the new Halloween uh, Kills movie that's going to be coming out. Um, you know, we, we found out right away that although they approached him, he was unable to do it because he's filming the new Ghostbusters movie. Um, I've heard mixed things. I've heard a lot of people say that he loved his time doing it. I read something the other day. Somebody said that he hated his time doing it and wanted nothing to do with it, and he distanced himself from it. I don't know what the truth is, but I do know that they did approach him. He can't do it because he's in Ghostbusters. But they did cast the character. They did cast Tommy Doyle. We know for a fact he's coming back. The great 80s icon, uh, he was, as a teenager, was uh, in The Breakfast Club, uh, was in Pretty in Pink, I believe. Uh, he was in a whole bunch of movies. I, I could be wrong about Pretty in Pink. He was in Weird Science. Yes, I know that. Ducky himself. Yeah. It's Ducky. Anthony Michael Hall yes, is going Ducky. to be Tommy Doyle. Ducky. And he was actually, this is actually, I'm glad for him because originally... And uh, the Batman movies, he was supposed to be uh, Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler. Really? But then they retrocon that spot because when he was doing the uh, TV, there was a TV spot where he was in, uh, I do believe it was Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and he's Edward Nigma. But then when it hit home video, it wasn't. This is one of those things where people are like, oh, it was just a Mandela effect. But no, it's been pretty much confirmed in the theaters that that was who he was supposed to be. So, I, I mean, at least this time we know he's going to go to screen to be Tommy Doyle. I, I'm, in, I'm excited. You know, I, I'm a little up in the air about this one. I don't know what to think of this. Um, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine after this news broke. Um, you know, here's my thing. I, Brian Andrews hasn't really done much since the 80s, you know, and he was the original Tommy Doyle. Um, don't know what kind of an actor he has become or would have become. I, you know, I don't really know. But I know he wanted to play the part again, and he was the original. Why not bring him back? Now, the other thing, Anthony Michael Hall, here's what my biggest issue is. He's a good actor. 
I like him. He was the original Russ from the National Lampoon's Vacation movies. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's he's kind of done a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, it, it's not so much I have a problem with that, but he looks like he's older. He he's he's actually younger than Brian Andrews by two years, but uh, he looks like he's older than Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, here's the he problem. hasn't aged well here, man. But if you think about it, that's easy to explain in this movie. You were terrified as a child. I'm sure his adult life didn't get any easier. He probably turned to alcohol and all sorts of stuff. I hope just so. Just to cope with the fact that when he was a child, some maniac tried to kill him. And now he's going to have to stir down that barrel again? The question to me is, how long is he in the movie before he gets the... Well, I guess we're going to find out. I kind of hope it's... I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of a role I want to see. I don't know if I want to see it be a long one. I don't know if I want to see it be a cameo. It was one of the things, and I've talked about this before, I believe on the show, uh, we, we talked about it. I did feel like that was one of the things that was lacking in Halloween 2018 was, you know, the nods to the original. There was no Myers house. Haddonfield was supposed to be there, but we saw a glimpse of it for a whole, what, two minutes while Michael walked through the town. Well, 5,000 people were in one tiny little block of a neighborhood trick-or-treating. You know, they just there was no Haddonfield. I wish that they would have filmed things, you know, for that scene in the original locations. I wish they would have had Tommy. I wish they would have had Lindsay. You are just a, a wishful person. Yeah. A well, wishful person. Don't be wishful. Just enjoy what we have. Well, that's I did, how I But I didn't that. enjoy the movie. That, but that's why, because you had too many wishes. That's why you didn't enjoy no, the it movie. No, it just was not a good you movie. Have, you, could have, if, if, you could have the greatest movie ever made, and if you have a ton of wishes attached to it, it'll never be great. You mm. have so high expectations. Put it this way. I, I don't care who plays Tommy Doyle. After, the, after we knew it wasn't going to be Paul, Rudd, my expectations went because honestly, that's the only person I really wanted to see do it. So after that, it's like I don't give a damn who they cast as as Tommy Doyle. It'll just be a body in a Halloween movie. There's no way he's going to make it. He might make it maybe past Halloween Kills into Halloween Ends, maybe, but at some point in juncture, he's going to be gone. And I'm assuming it'll be in Halloween Kills. Just throwing it out there. I hope that doesn't happen. Little Tommy Doyle should survive. He was a hero. No, no, He, he was a victim, but. He was a hero. I want to. By the see way, him. these are the women empowering Halloween movies. So therefore, all the men must die. Yeah, men you're probably must right. die. You're probably Think right. About it, there was what one woman who died? No, two, three, three. Because they're the two in the long elongated scene. That was it. You had two there plus the, the one the babysitter. Podcaster. Oh, and the babysitter. I forgot about the so four women died. She was hot. She was hot. But so I would have given her a hug and then a ride. So home. four, four, four women died. In all of yeah. Halloween 2018. Not, I'm not, nothing against it. Nothing against it. And they deserved it. Because that doctor deserved what he got. Dr. Sartain was no good. He deserved what he got. He even stole a kill from Michael. Yeah. Think about it, The sheriff. Yeah. That should have been a kill for Michael. Yep. Nope. That, that was thieving. Uh, unexpected. Thieving. And then we had uh, the, the, you know, the pumpkin head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm, and I have nothing against it. I don't give, I don't give. I'm all for. It. I'm all, I'm also all for the idea of the the Kane Hodder has been uh, all about the wintertime all women Friday the Thirteenth movie that he's behind. That the couple right. of the, uh, somebody else was writing, but I hope was, that that'll he, happen he, too. He, he, he's behind it. I'm behind it too because I want to see all the final girls back myself. But then they can't all be the final girl. They all got to die. That's Maybe. how you end that. By the way, that's how you end that movie. Nobody lives because then you'd have to have the ultimate final girl, and that's not. And, and here's how I would do it. Here's how, I know we're going off track to Friday the Thirteenth, but I just wanted to throw this out there. This is how I would do it because they were final girls. We go cutthroat, and they end up helping some of the other ones die. So you know, oh. one pushes one in front of the other, like "f you, biatch." They wouldn't I'm be winning. very good final girls all of a sudden. No, but turns they, out they're bad but people. Think, well, think about it. You want to be the ultimate final girl? It's like a competition at this point, <laughs> juncture. Because why else are all of you there? 
the ultimate final girl. No. But think about it. They can't all live. So here's the way that you do it. They don't. All Unless they all show up in the last scene them. and they all have weapons and they take out Jason one. Yeah, you know, but I don't, know if I, I don't know if I like that idea. That wouldn't be that's, fun. That's like that's like the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I don't, I don't need that. I already have comic book movies and I love comic book movies, but I don't need that in a horror movie. I say you kill them all. Maybe have one last of end, and you're like, oh, it's so happy. It could be a heart wrenching movie. And then it's like the the Texas Chainsaw prequel. Oh, jeez, the prequel to the remake. Like you're like, oh man, she got away. Uh, Uh, She got a saw chainsaw through the back of the car. You're done. You're done. (laughs) Next movie. Bye. Next one. And then we then we get hit up the next one, and we get a brand new uh, final girl. She can be like queen of the final girls. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I I don't know why we diverted there, but. I liked it, and if you guys like that idea, come to let us know. Tell Kane Hodder I'm available for all ideas and pitches. We should talk to Kane Hodder. Maybe we can get him on the show. Maybe. But, I doubt uh, it. I, I know I know I'm gonna be trying to talk to Doug Bradley coming up here soon. That would be wouldn't that be amazing if we get him on the show? We will be we will be in the same space at the same time at Scaricon this year. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. You know, yep. I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping that that'll happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to hold my breath on that because he's going to be busy. He's kind of going to be the main oh, attraction unless they announce more. But. Oh, I'm sure they'll announce more. There's there's plenty of time. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, so what else we got in the news, Mike? All right. So more news. A lot of premiere news this week, um, or, or at least a few things anyway. Big stuff. Uh, the Purge Season 2 will be premiering on the USA Network on October 15th. Absolutely. And it'll be dealing with what happens on the other 364 days between purges. Yeah, and I dig that. I'm, I I'm dig a that. fan. I'm Actually, some it. people are like, oh, but no purge. I'm like, no, man. We get to see the aftermath of what we just watched on the first season. And I think that this is going to be, this is ingenious. I love the element of getting to fall in love with characters on the first season of the purge. And this is going to even get you closer. So when season three rolls around and you're on purge night again, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get all crazy. I love it. I, I wonder if they're going to tie in the other uh, series at some point. I don't. I know it's going to be kind of more anthology-ish, but um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to bring them back at some point. I don't know. But still, I, I love it. I love the idea. I can't wait to see it. Uh, so first full trailer uh, for American Horror Story 1984 hit this week. As we know, we, we had found out previously the premiere date on that is going to be on Wednesday, September 18th. So it's coming up soon. But I uh, kind of want to tie that in uh, to the fact that the first actual trailer, because they've all been kind of teaser trailers. They weren't real. Um, but and the first some, trailer hit this week. And some pretty awesome posters, too. Yeah. Because they had the one where the killer's under the bed, looking like he's about to take a chunk out of an Achilles tendon. Right. Uh, well, we were differing opinions on this. This te- just this trailer i enjoyed this trailer i thought the trailer looked really good i'm not saying that the season will be good because i've been let down the last couple of years of time american again. horror story however this particular uh trailer looks promising i like where we're at i like where we're going you know it looks better than the last few seasons to me like as soon as it came out i was kind of like you know we had all those fun uh campy teasers and i was kind of like yeah you know i know this isn't what it's going to be like but i'm kind of hoping and then that came out and i was kind of okay it's american horror story but it had a little bit of camp to it and if you're going to do a 1984 slasher set one it's got to be campy it's got to be and speaking it's got to be silly and not take itself seriously it's at a camp camp redwood even right it's campy at a camp campy at a camp there's a big now that should be a horror movie right there how do you feel about mr jingles um i don't have a problem with that 
I like how the fact that Looks he has generic, keys or whatever that jingle. Yeah. So it works out. I, I, like, I'm like, how do you sneak up on people? Yeah. I mean, it looks a little generic. It looks like it's just kind of like, uh, like uh, I know what you did last summer looking kind of a slicker or a hoodie. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I, I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just saying I like it. I'll give it a shot. But there's a lot of room to drop the ball with this. Yeah. Well, that's what they've done in the past. Yeah, so. Absolutely. We'll find out. It could end up being the best season ever, and that's what I'm hoping for. I like that there's kind of a fresh cast with it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. A couple returning familiar faces, but um, more premiere news. Uh, we've kind of talked about it in the past. Uh, big, I'm a huge fan of the uh, found footage film called Hell House LLC that came out a few years ago. Our good friend, The Professor... You know, he's the one that uh, originally told me to watch that movie, and I was kind of like, okay, I don't like anything you like. You don't like anything I like. He's like, just watch it. I loved it. It's one of the best found footage films I've ever seen. The sequel eh, wasn't so good. wasn't great. It was filmed in the same place, um, but uh, it was it was not done well. Although some of the scares were chilly, you know, it just it didn't it didn't work for me. Well, there was a third one. We did announce this uh, a couple months back. Hell House LL. Hellhouse LLC 3 Lake of Fire is coming. Uh, it will be premiering on Shutter, and we finally got a release date for it. This just hit today. Uh, it will be premiering on September 19th. Ooh, just in time for the right time of year for horror movies. I love me some Shudder. Uh, I'm interested in seeing it. Hopefully it's not bad like the second one, but at the same time, it, it's, it's a bonus to see if we're getting another one at least. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'll definitely check it out. It comes the day after American Horror Story premieres, so we got a busy week that week. Yeah. Halloween's coming does, early. The does. season's coming early that year. And then uh, one more piece of uh, news with premieres. We've talked about this a little bit before. We knew that uh, what the premiere date was going to be on this one too, but Shudder, uh, keeping with Shudder, uh, Creepshow, is coming. We've talked a lot about it on the show. Uh, we know it's going to be premiering on the 26th of September. Uh, what we did not know is that they were, well, we kind of knew they were going to be premiering one episode a week, but uh, it's going to be finishing up on Halloween. So it's going to be one episode every Thursday leading up to Halloween, and the season finale will be on Halloween night. That's right. And also, the, the fine people at Shudder sent an email out to all of us, uh, all of us people who are subscribed to Shudder, and they have uh, basically, it's three of the episodes. I know we gave the episode names before. But they've given some synopsises with uh, three episodes. Uh, and here's the three episodes in the synopsis. We have uh, the House of the Head. Uh, it's Evie. Uh, she's the Walking Dead's Kaylee Fleming. Discovers her new dollhouse might be haunted. That story is written by Josh Mallerman, uh, who wrote Bird Box. And it's directed by John Harrison, uh, who directed Clive Barker's Book of Blood. Uh, next, and it's one of the ones that they first uh, talked about, Lydia Lane's Better Half, a powerful woman, Battlestar Galactica's Trisha Heffler, denies a promotion to her protege and lover but fails to anticipate the fallout. That story is written by John Harrison and Greg Nicotaro and will be directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who did uh, Body at Brighton Rock. And last but certainly not least in their uh, release here, Gray Matter, Doc, Giancarlo Esposito, and Chief Tobin Bell check on Richie, an alcoholic single father, after encountering his terrified son at the local convenience store. That story was written by Stephen King and will be directed by Greg Nicotaro. Nice. So it's a pretty good stuff. And uh, while we're at it, Shudder, we, we do a lot of plugging. If you guys are listening, you know, we, we would love, love to be a podcast for you. Just throwing it out there. I, I, I would do it. I'm just putting it out in the universe. I could clear my schedule for that. So everybody, right into Shutter. Tell them that you want to hear Horror Zone 607 on Shutter, or at least uh, getting plugs from Shutter. You know, we're we're available for whatever. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Just saying. I'll ha even hashtag hashtag. 
we want to be on Shutter. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: uh, I, I would even work for. I dare say I would work for just free Shutter. Yeah, I would too. I'm just saying. I, I, you don't have to pay I, me. I'm, I'm a cheap one. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even in the. Fr- I just. I think it'd be fun. Uh, but uh, with that being said, uh, we are going to wrap things up here in this first segment. Uh, first, I would like to remind you guys that we would like to hear from you and uh, have you join our conversation. There's many ways you can do that. First of all, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Horror Zone Six Hundred Seven. You can find us on Twitter at HorrorZone607. For all of our social media, use hashtag HZ607 to join our conversation. And uh, on top of that, you can visit our website, 8122productions.com. While you're there, you can check out stuff from my others, uh, my other podcast, The Three Fat Nerds. We have Three Fat Nerds podcast. We also have 3FN Wrestling, The Wrestling Podcast, and of course, HorrorZone607. All of it is right there at 8122productions.com. While you're also there, you can check out the reviews, including The Professor's review of, uh, what was the movie? you guys went to see that would be ready or not no 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 that's the movie we're going to review what's what's what we a scary stories to tell oh, scary dark. stories to tell wow in the dark, man yeah. see i'm i'm doing a bad job of this you were supposed to be the host and dig me out of my own stupor you know it happens I, nobody, I'm, looking, I'm, no, I'm digging up more stories nobody did nobody did a written ready or not we will be doing ready or not in the final segment talking horror yeah the there professor did write one he did write one but he did it for his own blog and he did tag it to our our facebook page <gasps> so he did write one okay uh i was going to write one and had a busy birthday weekend that's fine we all understand you're getting old and i turned 22 this weekend yeah sure add some add some years on to that you're getting old and senile over here anyways so you can find us there so we're going to take a quick break before uh we come back with another news segment because we have more in the news uh during this break though you can find out how you can uh hang out with us in october for sci-fi horror fest so we'll be right back October 4th and 5th in Oneana, New York. At the Oneana Foothills Performing Arts Center, we present Sci-Fi Horror Fest 2019. This year, we have celebrity guests from Children of the Corn, Courtney Gaines, from Night of the Creeps, Jill Whitlow, and from Ghost Hunters, the paranormal heartthrob himself, Dustin Parry. Also, we'll have other guests and vendors, and so, so much more. You can get all your ticket information at SciFiHorrorFest.com. It is $10 for the weekend, $6 for one day. And we hope to see you in Oneana on October 4th and 5th for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. And welcome back to The Zone. So uh, we have more news this week. Uh, We love having multiple segments of news. It's always a good week when we have a lot to talk about in the news here. Uh, So wanted to bring up uh, in a quick quick uh filming here i didn't expect it to be done so quickly uh chris rock saw wrapped up this week yeah well it's staying true to the saw movies and it's it's wrapping quick usually they shoot those rather quick 30 days or less i don't think they've had a really long production time on any of the Saw movies. and you would think they would with the set pieces and the the traps how elaborate some of that stuff is you think that they would go a lot longer you know it's crazy they filmed the whole entire first movie for like what i think it was like fifteen thousand dollars it was something ridiculously low and they filmed it all from one building like literally everything was shot in that building including like 
driving scenes they were just people like shaking a car i'm not even i didn't joking. know that no you didn't i swear to god usually that's, that's kind of stuff that i researched yeah, i never i never that's i swear to god that. that was while the first movie was shot mind you they had carrie elwes and danny glover in the first one yeah and somehow still shot that movie it was like 15 or twenty thousand dollars. it was like cheap as hell and they and they did it all in one building and they did it in like less than three weeks and you know what's kind of impressive about that although he wasn't in it as much he was just kind of in the last scene there but tobin bell had been around forever he'd been in a lot of movies you know he kind of pops up in old movies that you see from time to time but that's kind of what like really launched him into the horror you know i I didn't even really i didn't even know who he was i'd seen him in movies but i didn't know who he was he was just kind of a character actor no i i love it it was it's great great but yeah, yeah, it did uh, did wrap filming. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to be in theaters on May fifteenth, of twenty twenty. Uh, still no word if Tobin Bell will be in the film or not. So it might be kind of a surprise if he shows Stay up. Stay tuned. I'm I, sure he will be. I kind of have about a feeling, it, if it's going to be some sort of a, you know, if it's going to be in canon with the other ones, he's got to be. Well, that's there. what they said. It's not a reboot. It's just a sequel. I'm assuming it, at the very least something audio or or video that he left behind for somebody. Because I mean, obviously he is is dead as we know, but. Right, but there's, that doesn't mean he can't make you know the Randy from Scream video. True. What if play he, this when I what die? What if it turns out to be a prequel? You never know. That that series is uh, notorious for kind of going back and forth and messing with you. So it could end up being a complete prequel. Although we we really know most of his backstory. I don't know what more they could possibly do, but yeah, because you couldn't go back far enough where it would make sense for Chris Rock to be Danny Glover as a younger at a younger age. Because yeah. that would be where I would go with a prequel. But then, but but Jigsaw wasn't around for that long. Right. Like Jigsaw was, you know, he didn't start killing until he was older because he was, you know, terminal. Right. So it's kind of strange that you you wouldn't be able to get away with that, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, if it was a story where like Jigsaw had started before and when he was like in his 20s, then you could probably get away. Not maybe, you know, because I mean, it's not like Chris Rock's super young, but I mean, Danny Glover is, you know, he's got about 20 years years older than Chris Rock. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, in interesting news, uh, you know, this is nothing that was, uh, it's not announced or anything like that, but there was a really good article that uh, that bloodydisgusting.com had up this week. Uh, Devin Sawa, who's kind of disappeared from the face of the earth over the last 20 years. Devin Sawa, uh, who, of course, was uh, very popular in the 2000s. Uh, he was in the original Final Destination. Uh, he was in uh, a couple of other movies, uh, a couple, like, like teen uh, stoner was, movies. But I was going to say, he was, was going to be the next it teen guy. Kind of seemed that way. You know, as a younger kid, when he was like a teenager, uh, he was in a couple of movies that were like for kids and whatnot, too. But uh, he was Casper in the original Casper. Yes. So he was in a lot of those things. But uh, he was in an awesome movie that we don't talk enough about on this show called Idle Hands. It was a horror uh, comedy that was amazing. Dark comedy. It had Jessica Alba. Yeah. It had Seth Green. Uh, it was good. It was it had a great cast of Elder young Hansen. actors at the time. Yeah, so yeah. It was good. I loved it. It was about a. It was about a, Devin Sawa has a, his hand becomes demonically possessed. So his hand does whatever his hand wants to do, including you know trying to kill people. Actually, killing people. Sorry. Oh yeah, it kills it, people. It kills people. And then his he gets a slick idea to cut it off. And, it's still and it just keeps running around. It's almost it's like the Adams family, you know, little hand yeah, that's running yeah, around. So. And it just keeps killing people. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... It sharpens kinda, its uh, fingernails uh, yeah. in, a, in a pencil sharpener. 
So uh, awesome, awesome movie. One that we should really talk a lot more about. Yeah, I love that movie. It's really funny. I, I dig it. Check it out. If uh, you haven't seen uh, Idle Hands, check it out. Yeah. So he did an interview this week where somebody asked him, you know, what what movie would you like to do a sequel to? And he said that the one that he would really love to do would be Idle Hands 2. Nothing's in the works for it. He doubts that it's going to happen or anything like that. But if they were to come to him and ask him to do it again, he said he'd love to do it. Presumably his other hand becomes demonically possessed and he has to chop that off so you know, he just has two nubs. That could be. That he's could like be. he's like the Luke Skywalker of horror movies, <laughs> right? Or somebody else has it happen to him, and he's like the the grizzly vet, right? Yeah. The grizzly young veteran. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not too young now. He's 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 old enough to be the grizzly. Vet. He's he's about my age. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's old enough to be the he's twenty two also. Yeah, yeah. Not sure. But uh, yeah, he did say the original one. He he uh, thought broke about even at the box office, so he doesn't see it happening. But it was an interesting article, and I'd love to see a sequel to it. It was a great movie, especially if you could get Seth Green and Eldon Henson back as his two little lackey buddies there that were that were dead. So it'd be awesome. Uh, Henry Thomas uh, has uh, been cast to be in the Haunting of Bly Manor, so he will be returning to the Haunting of Hill House series on Netflix. Yeah, good stuff. I was a big fan of his in uh, Haunted in Hill House. He's a great character. Uh, I can't wait to see him uh, what he does here. Yeah, I'm excited to see that series. I can't wait for that to come out. Stinks that it's going to be another year before yeah, we see it. Yeah, unfortunately. But you know what? To keep hope alive. There's a lot to watch in between then. Yeah, there's a lot coming out this year. So, you know, next year we'll have that. We'll have the new Halloween film, and God only knows what else. So, oh, there's tons of stuff. There's the new horror movies coming out all the time. It's a great time to be a horror fan. Let's it just really be honest. I mean, we got a big one coming up next week. It chapter two. Yeah. The six. Boom. It's here. It's already upon us. We've been talking about it forever. It's already upon us. Yeah, it almost doesn't seem possible that next, it's here. Next week we can even do a little bit of our preview takes before it. Because oh, yeah. be, this show will be out before the movie's out. Yeah. So we'll have to do our little preview takes and see yeah. what we think about it. And then of course do a review the following week. Right. Or even a special episode. Maybe I'll plug something else and then in between. Maybe. Maybe. A little tease there. Maybe. Uh, another kind of cool story uh, that just kind of came out here uh, earlier today. Um, Robert England, who's all of a sudden, he's back in the limelight as Freddy Krueger, it seems like. Uh, Robert England in the cast of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, which is my favorite sequel. I, 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 that's still my favorite sequel. A new Nightmare, I love that too. But, you know, Dr Dream Warriors is very popular. I think most fans of that series really, really dig that sequel. Are you sure you don't prefer Freddy's Dead? <sighs> There it is. There it is. I got. It was too easy this it week. It wouldn't be an episode it, it without was, it. It was too easy this week. You, <laughs> you you lay you laid that one right out there. Lobbed that one right in. Yeah, you know what? For when me to I, hit that Freddy's dead home run. When I put this on the list of things to talk about this week, I should have seen that coming, and it didn't even you occur know. to me. And I didn't even let I let you go through the production meeting, not mentioning Freddy's dead, <laughs> just so I could do it here, just so you wouldn't retract, so I could still. Bring I it was in. surprised. It, ah, it surprises me every time. Booyah! But no, I, I will say this: uh, Dream Warriors is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie of all of them. Of, out of all of over them. the original, over the original, oh. over the original. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why. I would like to hear why. Because uh, the original is the movie that I credit for why I love horror movies. I was terrified of it. But as I got older and I watched it again, I didn't find it that terrifying. It's uh, there's, there's things that he did in the original that made Freddy almost cartoonish. Like, he had not perfected the walk. He had not perfected the movements. And that's fine. Don't, don't get me wrong. But if you watch that, a lot of times he looks like a, like a tiny janitor chasing people. Well, he kind of Right. But <laughs> the thing about it, in the other movies, he looks so much larger. Like, he learned yeah. how to make his presence. Because there's a, the scene where he's chasing um, Amanda Wiss's character. 
Oh, yeah. In the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street. When there's the scene there and he's chasing her through the alleyway. And he does. He looks like he looks it looks like he's like Warwick Davis running around with a glove on. I'm being serious. Like, it's not really scary. He looks like a perved out janitor chasing somebody, but who's only like five foot tall. Right. And so when you watch it again, it's just kind of and I'm not taking away from that movie because somebody could probably think I am. But that's why it doesn't scare me as much. Now, I'm not saying three is scary. It has its moments, but three it also, evolved by the third one. Right. So, but here's the thing: he play, does a great job of playing Freddy in that. Like that's the Freddy that we all remember now. Is started in three. Mm-hmm. It was right then and there. There was the sense of humor, but it was still evil as hell. Right. I mean, there was no. It was. It was still very mean spirited, but the sense of humor was there. Also, it is the only cast I dare say in all of the movies that I gave a damn about the characters. Oh yeah. Because even in the first one, like, Glenn was a douche. Yeah, he really kind of was. Let's be honest, he was a douche. Yeah. Like, in Heather Lane Camp, she was all whiny and stuff. Like, like as far as a final girl, and I know that sometimes I put her on that list because she did fight, go one-on-one with Freddy. But at the same point in Juncture, she was super whiny and annoying. Like, you were waiting for her to die in three. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. But Although I did think, think the character was stronger in the third one. So. She was. Yeah. She was definitely stronger. So you it made you like her more in the third one, which is weird because I didn't like her in the first one. Right. And then you have like the rest of the cast, though. You felt so like you felt for them. Like it was the only cast in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I felt for. And I to this day is the only cast because honestly, none of the other ones. I was like, oh, eh, eh. and especially Freddy's yeah. dead because we're not even going to jump into how throw away the characters in that movie were what about all Freddy, of them. freddy's revenge <laughs> oh, that, that was veiled there's a lot of veiling in that yeah uh it made sense to me uh, if you ever watch the uh the documentary on nightmare on elm street it'll make sense to you why the movie is the way it is right when you when you hear about you know the creating process of that movie right honestly and i'm not taking any shots on anybody i just think it explained everything i needed to know about it right but there's no other movie because four characters fall apart. I don't like any of the characters. Five. Yeah, I'm just like, by, by three is the only time that I wasn't rooting for Freddy. Right. Like, I legit was rooting for the kids to be his ass. Even to this day, when I know what's going to happen, I'm still rooting for him. I'm rooting for the wizard kid in the wheelchair. I'm rooting for the badass chick that is a heroin addict. I'm rooting for Ken Sagos because I've met him. And King Kate is amazing. <laughs> and he'll be at this reading that you're talking about. So that's even better because I love Ken Yeah, Sagos. so I didn't even get to that yet. So By the way, check his... Uh, he has a charity out. Type in... Uh, look him up online and follow his charity. His charity is amazing. They uh, give uh, money for school supplies and all sorts of stuff for inner city kids. It's it's wonderful, and he's a wonderful human being. Met him at Scarecon last year, and I was honored to host the Nightmare on Elm Street panel. I know I've said that ad nauseum, but in this case, I get to at least plug him. But, yeah, amazing. So continue on about this. Yeah, so this is really cool news. So the cast of Dream Wars, it's actually most of them. There's a few. Ken Sagos is actually not one of the people that's going to be there. But What? Um, but How are you going to read this without him? There's, there's more. But wait, there's more. Um, so they're going to be performing a live reading of the script of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors, um, live in Los Angeles on Sunday, September 8th at 1 p.m. at the world-famous Whiskey A-Go-Go. So here's uh, basically what's going to be happening with it. Um, again, most of the original cast is going to be there. Uh, some of the people that, you know, have gotten bigger, um, you know, like... Uh, um, uh, what was her name? The one that played the main girl in the third movie with the blonde hair. Uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette, yeah. No, she's, so, she's sorry, I'm completely sorry. having a brain Dis- lapse. She dis- she's distanced herself real quick from all that. Yeah, so she didn't even come she's kind of made it big. She got you know nominated for an Academy Think Award. About it. She didn't even show. come back for four. 
Right. She they had a the body double pretty much that yeah got Tuesday killed, night that got killed in the beginning of that movie. Yeah, which yeah. that was one of the things that really bothered me about part four, just yeah. how throwaway that character was and how easily she was killed off. You know that that was kind of uh, to me even just as bad if not worse than where they killed off. Um, Rachel in Halloween five so early on in the film. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Th- those two things kind of to me are kind of intertwined a little bit. But uh, but yeah, most of the original cast will be there. Heather Langenkamp will be there. Ira Hayden who played Will. Um, other returning players will be Rodney Eastman who was Joey. Bradley Gregg who played Philip. Penelope Sudro. I hope I pronounced that name right. Who was Jennifer and Brooke Bundy who was Mrs. Parker and of course Robert England. Um, of but, course, the character who plays Joey doesn't have a lot of lines. No. No, <laughs> he doesn't talk. For he doesn't talk way. much. But uh, additional roles are going to be played by actors from the Elm Street legacy, including Amanda Wiss, who you are a very, very familiar with. Yes, I also was on a panel with her. She's amazing. I love her. Tuesday night, who played Patricia Arquette's character in part uh, four. Yes, she yes. will be there. Is she going to be playing Patricia, uh, Patricia Arquette? She may very well be. Three. I mean, it would I'm make sense if she would be. Me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brooke Thice, or Thice, uh, who was in uh, the Dream Master. She was in uh, part uh, four. That's four, yep, yep. As well. So she's going to be there along with other quote-unquote friends of the series. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be narrated by the director of Dream Warriors, Chuck Russell. Okay. So it's kind of a cool thing. That sounds kind of a cool awesome. thing. If you're going to be in the Los Angeles area, check it out. I guess tickets are going quickly and uh, – there's, there's not very much left. They're, they're, they're very limited. So, uh, I don't know. Pretty I would cool assume thing. so. That's pretty awesome. So, I wish we were closer because I'd like to see that. Absolutely. And uh, to round out the, the news this week, uh, we're going to be talking a lot more about this in our final segment. But uh, the big movie that came out last weekend, Ready or Not, um, did okay at the box office. It had a $6 million budget. It made $10.6 million in its opening week. Um, it did open several days earlier than it was supposed to. So to me, it's a little disappointing, although they seem to think that it, it did really well for what it was. Uh, it's it's going to be heading... They, they needs to make, uh, I believe they said, 20 to $25 million worldwide to recoup its budget. So I don't know. You know, It should get I'm there. I'm sure they'll make it there. It should I, get there. I, I went to see it last night mm-hmm. with, my, with my son last night. And, which is uh, Tuesday, obviously, because we record on Wednesday. And the theater I was in, there was at least 20 people in. Really? So, that People are still going yeah, then. So, that's good. Going. That's good. On a Tuesday night of 20 people, on a Tuesday night at a 740 showing, if there's 20 people in the theater, it's not doing too bad. I'm just right. throwing it out there. I did see an updated figure here. It looks like worldwide box office, it's made $13 million. So, it's not great, but you know, for, for what looked to be a pretty big... Uh, horror movie coming out and what was an excellent movie which again we'll be talking a lot about coming up in the next segment but uh, yeah you know hopefully we'll get a sequel out of it or so although I don't think it needs one no no I don't think I don't, oh, I don't no. know that I we'll, want to we'll see one we'll, but they're talking we, sequel we'll get, we'll get into that in the next, uh, the yeah. next segment I don't want to dive too deep into it right now because we'll definitely be diving too in the next segment I just wanted to end out the news with a couple news items that I have as okay. well uh, we, we just watched this uh, there has been a trailer for a new movie called Antrium the deadliest film ever made Antrum Antrum sorry Antrum see it's just it's, we were talking about this before the show well, I'm here for you okay Antrum the deadliest film ever made yeah, like I said uh, uh, by the way there's a cool little uh, side note to this one as well uh so uh basically check out the trailer the trailer's really good it's, it's actually on our facebook page uh horizontal 607 uh and there's some mythology behind this so much like our uh you know the blair witch project they had a mythos so here's the mythos behind the movie 
The heart of Antrim is the titular curse feature which purports to have been shot in the late 1970s by unknown filmmakers. It spins the tale of two siblings who perform an occult ritual in the woods, seeking closure after the death of a beloved pet. But their seemingly symbolic act may have truly unleashed hell on earth. As rumor has it, this film vanished shortly after its completion, along with the original creators, until a surprise screening during a film festival in Budapest in 1988. Not only did the theater reportedly burn to the ground, but several festival programmers later died under mysterious circumstances. The film was thought to be lost until many years later when a print was allegedly exhibited in San Francisco. The showing took a horrific turn when a full-scale riot broke out in the theater. Amid the chaos, the last known print of the film went missing. It was considered a lost once again and its deadly reputation returned to the domain of myth and mystery. The legend is expanded by documentary bookends on the lost film's shadowy origins, its deadly history and the path to its ultimate rediscovery. But outside the film, even the actual directors are shrouded in mystery. And of course, according to the trailer, it's claimed the lives of 60 plus people. Wow. That really is the deadliest movie. So I told you it was a little fun thing here for us on the East Coast. So this will be uh, released on VOD services in fall of 2019. There's no date, but there is one date that is kind of interesting. This, uh, before it comes out, it will be making an indie film appearance at the Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival on Thursday, September 26th at 10 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at Film Freeway for only $10. So, I don't know. If I have some time, maybe I might go to Philly to watch this movie. It might be worth it. It might be, because it looked pretty cool. And, uh, if nothing I, else, you can you can run up the Rocky steps. And as you guys know, here on 8122 Productions, we have a wrestling show. Yes, that's right. 3FN Wrestling from the 3 Fat Nerds that I, I host that show. And uh, we sometimes we tie wrestling and horror somehow. I mean, Bray Wyatt's been a big one for us lately, because I know Mike's also a fan. And Bray Wyatt's in there. But this is not about Bray Wyatt. No, no, no. This is about a very famous wrestler named Phil CM Punk Brooks. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Well, actually, I think it was a few weeks ago. That he was going to be in a horror movie. Yeah. And now we get the trailer for it. It's called Girl on the Third Floor. And I want to tell you, this trailer is effed up. Yeah. <laughs> and I am actually kind of intrigued to see this movie, believe it or not. Uh, I, one of those, one of those, you know, it, it stars uh, Trista Dunn, Alyssa Dowling, Sarah Brooks, and of course, uh, CM Punk himself. Yes. Uh, this movie will uh, hit theaters and digital platforms on October 25th. Check out the trailer. Uh, the poster actually looks really cool, too. I'm showing my uh, that's a cool poster. And uh, check out the trailer as well. The trailer, I promise you, is really screwed up. Uh, You don't have to be a fan of wrestling. Trust me, this is a straight horror movie. And it's not a WWE production or anything like that. (laughs) No, it's not. This is actually just an indie film. It looks super good. I just wanted to give it a plug. Not not just because of that, but it does tie in with the fact that we do wrestling as well. Absolutely. So we are uh, going, getting ready to take our final break. And uh, so coming back, we'll be talking horror. And talking horror, we'll be doing a review of ready or not can't Uh, wait but before then we are going to you can take a listen to one of our sponsors where we'll be we'll be here just like the other one this is this time it's scaricon we'll be at scaricon so check out scaricon and we'll be right back Join us October 18th, 19th, and 20th in Rochester, New York at the Rochester Riverside Hotel for Scaricon. This year we have a ton of great celebrity guests, including Barbara Crampton, Felissa Rose, Ashley Lawrence, David Naughton, the cast of Terrifier, the 40th anniversary of Phantasm, and of course, Pinhead himself, 
Doug, Bradley will all be there, all of them, plus so much more. There will also be vendors and all such sorts of other great entertainment going on that weekend in Rochester, New York. For all tickets and other information about Scaricon, go to Scaricon.com and we'll see you in Rochester on October 18th, 19th, and 20th. All right, it's time to talk some horror, and uh, the Talking Horror segment this week is actually sponsored by the PodCoin app. Uh, If you don't know what the PodCoin app is, I'm going to explain it to you. See, the PodCoin app is a new app where you can actually earn money or earn uh, stuff to donate to charity just by listening to the podcast you already listened to. That's right, simple as that. You just have to listen to this show and other great shows, and you can earn gift cards to Amazon or to Chipotle or to Starbucks or there's a ton of them or you can donate that to charity even if you would like to which is pretty cool on its own. The Podcoin app can be found in the App Store on both Google, Android and iPhone devices so that's pretty cool. You can you can download it anywhere and all your podcasts are there. Horizon 607 is there. Three Fat Nerds podcast is there. Our friends at the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, ODPH are there. Plus even big huge podcasts like Joe Rogan podcast podcasts and and the such are all there at your fingertips on the podcoin app see signing up is simple all you do download the app from the app store and then it asks you to sign up you you put in your email address you put in a password and then there is a part where it says referral code and guess what we have a really cool referral code for you you know what it is our referral code is hz607 there you go hz607 in the referral code area and guess what you get 300 bonus coins just for using that referral code. It helps us, it helps them, and uh, you're, you're off to a great start. And then you can earn for just listening to the podcast you're already listening to. So I've switched over to listening uh, to all my podcasts on the PodCoin app because, hey, I'd like to earn some stuff while I listen to all the great shows that I like to listen to. You should uh, think about it as well. So they're sponsoring us. So thank you once again for sponsoring us as well. So now that I've got the business end out of the way, let's talk about... Ready or not. That's right. Let's do. Uh, I'm going to tell you how this conversation is going to go. So we are going to uh, do a first few minutes of this, uh, you know, however long it takes. We're going to kind of give us our little synopsis, spoiler free, and give you our rating of this movie. And all of it will be spoiler free. And then after we do that, I'm going to say three, two, one, spoilers. And then we're going to have a conversation that will have spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie already and you want to see the movie, that is the time to kind of hit pause, go see the movie, and then hit play again after you see the movie and you can hear our opinion on it. If you've seen the movie or you don't care to see the movie or you just want to hear our take even before or if it's, that's what might sell you to go see the movie, then go ahead and listen, but you've been warned. <laughs> that's how we're doing it. Works so also, we've talked about in the future on the Three Fat Nerds podcast, which is also 8122 Productions, because we have a little lowbrow humor on that podcast. We've talked about you know some of the times that we wanted to elaborate on things that we can't because of you know we don't want to get banned from every podcast provider known to men. We were talking about doing like a Patreon, uh, not to make a ton of money because we were going to do it for like a dollar for subscribers. But that way, at least behind the paywall, we won't get kicked off of anything. 
If that would interest any of you, because 8122 Productions would be doing it as a whole, so that means Horizon 607 would be putting content up as well. If you would be interested in doing that, and maybe even I'll do some other like levels where maybe you get a shirt or something involved, just, just to kind of you know help support the podcast and give you guys some extra content that we're doing. If you'd be interested in that, hey, give us a shout out on any of the social medias, let us know. Because uh, you know we just want to do it. We don't want to really do it for money, but if we can give you extra content that way, and maybe that would be where we would put the spoiler full reviews. Or maybe we could do a specials even on the regular channel. I mean, either way in the future. But this one I didn't want to separate. So that's kind of why we're doing this way. I just figured I'd give you a fair warning. Because I don't want to be that asshole who's like, hey, all of a sudden we're talking about points of the movie. Right. So this first little bit, like I said, will just be spoiler free. And then we'll let you know when the spoilers come in. And this will also include our grades for the movie. So the movie, ready or not is a very, very interesting movie. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you guys, if you haven't seen the movie already, or if you have, yeah, the trailers uh, were very intriguing. You know on this show, we were very intrigued by the trailer when we talked about it, and we couldn't, be, we couldn't wait to see it. And uh, to me, this movie played out very well. Uh, it was not what I expected, well, being what I expected all at once. The most fair synopsis I can give to this movie uh, to put it into terms, mind you, it's its own thing. It's an original idea. It really is. But the closest thing I could do is I could say, if you took the movie Clue, you know, remember the movie Clue? Oh, yeah. If you took the movie Clue and you mixed it with your next, this would be kind of that birth of that child. That is funny that you say that because when I got the, I went to see this with the professor and that was exactly what I said to him when we walked out of the theater. It was like, if you married those two movies together, that's really? kind of what you had. Really? With its, own, with its own original twist, of course. And we did not talk about this. No, we didn't. No, no it has its own. We'll get to that in the spoiler part. But it has a great twist. It is different than those. I'm just thinking it has a lot of cool comedy, kind of like Clue. And it feels old-timey like Clue. And then at the same point in Juncture, it has that killing field kind of vibe of your next although your next was kind of a had a lot of dark humor in it as well it did now i was not a fan of your next whatsoever i was very excited to see it it was not what i expected i've watched it several times just trying to like it oh this movie was way better than your it next. was so much better than your next so i just want to point that out i'm yeah, not a no, fan of no. that movie i loved this i'm just movie, saying that this is the best way i could describe right without spoiling, i agree though. without spoiling the movie is the best way to describe it. right so basically you have uh, uh samara weaving is your star of this movie and she is the bride and she's going to marry into this family uh and the only caveat i guess after you know you get there is that you have to play a game this is all in the trailer so it's nothing spoiling right and so she draws the game and we're not going to tell you about if you want to hear i'm, I'm going to go into the device in the spoiler part because i feel like that is a spoiler part right but it, you know they play a game they pick the game and then the game comes up as hide and seek so Here's, here's one thing I will say without spoiling. I was trying to figure out that no matter what the game was, was it going to have a deadly? So if you played checkers, was it whoever lost died? I thought that's how it was. I'm glad it wasn't because I was like, well, then how the hell would these people right. like, continue on? So here's the deal. If you drew, like if you drew the card and the card was checkers or chess, you just play checkers or chess or old babe because they make that joke in the movie. Right. If it's hide and seek, it's the only one where there's death involved. <laughs> right. So it's it's too... And, and this isn't, you know, it, it, without being a spoiler, it is to satisfy a debt, if you will. Right. So it's a debt that they have. So you've seen in the trailers, there are some comedy spots, which I really hated that that trailer gave away some of the funnier tones of that movie. Yeah, me too. Because some of the funnier scenes were in the trailer, i.e. 
the two maids that get it in the trailer. Right. It's that in the movie. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It, it still was funny. I knew it was coming because we saw right. it in the trailer, but it was still funny. And I'm like, and they added on to it. But I still wish they wouldn't have shown it in the damn trailer because that was that was great. It would have been more it. shocking. But uh, so the movie goes on. And of course, you know, we go through the movie, all the trials and tribulations, everything you can expect. Will our, you know, will our hero make it out? Will she not? You know what I mean? And at the end of the movie, I felt like there was a bunch of different twists. It, it went one way, then it went back the other. It was like a zigzagging movie at the end. And I loved the way it ended. Oh, I did too. Um, so let me let Mike talk about atmosphere and stuff. How did that tune in for you? That's oh. your big thing. So how do you like the atmosphere, perfect soundtrack, atmosphere. et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, perfect atmosphere, perfect soundtrack for it. You know, I thought the score was great. Um, it added a lot of suspense, which I didn't expect. To see, so there was a lot of great suspense along with amazingly funny uh, comedy. I need to find a lot that hide and seek sign, by the way. Oh yeah, I need to find that. Yeah, that was amazing. So I don't know, just the fact that this thing, you know, this, this movie takes place in this this huge mansion. These rich people that are, they they what are they like? A, it's a family of people that have like a history of what are they like? It, they're almost like Milton the, Bradley. The, it's like it's the, the, the yeah. heirs to the Milton Bradley fortune, it's but they're not Milton Bradley. The the, the Ladomas. The Ladoma, yeah, it's like the Ladomas, Ladomas, dumbass or something. Like that. The, no, it's like no, it's Ladomas, the Ladomas family, and they made their money in gaming. Right. That's what they made it. In. So like board, well, originally all kinds they, of the board games grand, and card games. Well, and... the great grandfather did playing cards at first. That's where they made some of their money. Then it, like the grandfather expanded that into like board games and stuff. And of course, the father at one point drinks her braggadociously talks about how he expanded into more board games and owning professional. Uh, athletic teams. Right. So, like, it's kind of strange. And they had all of those things, you know, strewn around the house. Oh, so, yeah, I yeah. love that. It was all incorporated into the different halls that they're walking down and the bedrooms. And, you know, there's just, it, it kind of had that niche to it everywhere you looked. But it was just this grandiose place. I wonder if they, I wonder if that was a soundstage that they built uh, that house on or if it was a real house they filmed no, in it because no. it was amazing. I wish I had the name of the house. I'm sorry I don't. But they filmed part of this movie in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And there is a castle in Toronto that has a really interesting story behind it that's where they shot part of this movie mm. the other part of it was shot on a lot and also the outdoor scenes were shot in north carolina okay so i i know the, the where the side is I, I wish i remembered what the name of the 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 mansion was in toronto that they did some of the interior stuff at uh sorry that i don't remember it but yeah they did it in toronto Okay. So it wasn't just a, like, I'm sure some of it was the set that they set up in, in North Carolina, but a lot of it was in North, uh, was in Toronto and the exterior was definitely in North Carolina in an old plantation home. Okay. I can see that. So, yeah. But I mean, it just, you know, the game starts at midnight and uh, basically she has to survive until sun, you know. Until uh, dawn. Yeah. Until dawn. Until the sunrise. So, um the fact that it takes place at night, it was very dark. There was a lot of like blacks and golds I noticed as a color scheme throughout the movie. Uh, but it's just so perfectly filmed. So much suspense. Again, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a lot more of you know just just comedy in it, just based on the trailer and everything. But it had a lot of good horror in it. Yeah, I, I was a big fan. Uh, a lot of gore. Yeah. Very bloody. It was more bloody than I anticipated. Yeah, and I should have seen that coming based on the stills, the, the publicity stills for it coming out and whatnot. And, but. and there was a couple scenes that made me squeamish. Okay. I got to be yeah. honest in this movie. There was like two scenes that kind of made me super squeamish. There were, yeah. Which is surprising because I was not expecting that from this movie. Yeah, I wasn't either. So I, I'm a big fan. So uh, we're going to give it a rating and then we'll be going into the spoiler thing because I think that I want to talk more about that. Okay. Uh, so my rating for this movie, I gave this movie a six and a half out of ten. 
Okay. Highly entertaining, super funny. It was gory in the right places. I would have given it higher. I, I mean, I could have given it higher, and I, I probably should have, but I, I, you know me. I'm usually a hard grader. But six and a half to me is go see this movie in a movie theater okay. all day because this movie was, it was amazingly good in a movie theater. Also, I had this to your collection at home because I would love to see it. And as far as the sequel goes, and we'll probably go into more of this in the spoiler section, uh, unless they make it like an anthology sequel, I don't see where you go from this story because it kinda, they kind of – Tighten it up, you know, make it nice and closed there unless they do anthology. Right. They do talk about another family, and we'll get into that in the spoiler yeah, yeah. section, and I could see where they can maybe do a prequel or, you know, another family that comes into what we yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah. But um, now, you also know, I, I think I'm a fair grader when it comes to movies, but I think that I'm notoriously, you know, a little tough, you know, on yeah. things. Um, it is not easy for me to give a score above a seven on, on a horror movie when I'm grading it, you know, unless it is something else. I'm giving this movie, and I wish that I had taken the time. I wish I had the time to actually, to actually write a full review, which I may still get to, mm-hmm. to get it up Feel on our free. site. Feel free. But uh, I'm giving this movie an 8.5 out of 10, and I nearly give this a 9 out of 10. This is the most fun that I have had in a movie theater watching a movie in as long as I can remember. The, the closest that I could say I've had as much fun to this watching a horror movie in a, in a theater would be maybe Hellfest, which didn't compare to this. Right, right. But, you know, completely different kind of movie. But... Um, but this is an eight and a half out of ten. Um, this this movie is fantastic. This is exact. This hit the spot. And I don't know that there's going to be. And this is including it, Chapter Two. I don't know that there's going to be a better horror movie than this. The rest of this year, maybe next year. Oh, this I agree. was fantastic. Actually, you know, I probably say I should say mine's a seven. Because, I mean, I, I want to give it the six and a half. Six and a half is what I gave Child's Play, which I was also very much entertained I was a little by. curious when you gave it but that. But actually, so. I'll I, probably give it a seven because it bump definitely it up to was a seven? better. It was better than Child's Play. I, well, you know me. I'm more of a technical person, and right. I don't believe in giving. Put it this way. I don't believe in giving any movie a ten. I don't. I don't. I've never done it. Uh, so, like, that. That's, so, my scale is pretty much nine. Right. So if you think about it that way, it's 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 pretty much an eight on on your scale. Right. If I give it a seven, because the reason why I say that is because I don't like the closest thing I've ever given to a ten, especially for a horror movie, is the original Halloween, and that's even still at like a nine and a half. Yeah. The Exorcist is at a nine and a half because for some reason I just I can't. There's no such thing as a perfect movie. Right. You can come you can come close, but there's in my mind I can't do it because I'm very analytical and I'm very technical in the numbers. And that's why I give them lower, you know. So it's not necessarily this lower. That's why we came up with a different grading system for the three fat nerds. Right. We have our five point system. Right. Basically. So, you know, and if this was if it's on my other show, this is definitely just take my money, which is our four spot. Right. So the next you know, it's not quite certified nerd, because certified nerd is, you know, the top tier, and that's just like the elite movies, like endgame certified nerd, stuff like right. that. Star, you know, Star Wars, uh Empire Strikes Back is certified nerd but this is take my money which is great take my money means go to the movie theater that means see this movie it means add it to your collection this movie is super entertaining so yeah i will raise it to a seven because now i was thinking about it, it's like well, i gave child's play a six and a half and i like this way better than child's play right but child's play was still entertaining as hell yeah this movie way more entertaining way more funny and way more gorier so yeah with that being said i kind of want to dive in for a little bit on the spoiler side of things. So I'm going to say here. So if you, uh, if this is where we say goodbye, I'm sorry, put it on pause and come back. If you want to see the movie, you should go see this movie. I can't absolutely I can't, go I can't, see I can't this movie and then come back and listen to what we have to say. If you've already seen the movie or you just don't care and you, you'll just listen to the spoiler section. We're about to start the spoilers in three, two, one spoilers. Boom. First thing I thought it was interesting. That it is like basically a pack with the devil. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and it had a bit of Rosemary's yes, Baby in it. Yeah, exactly. So there, the there's a box. So this is what we we, we didn't tell you in the non-spoiler part. There's a box, and you put a blank card in this box, and the box chooses the game. So if the game is anything but hide and seek, it's just you play a game. You're part of the family. If it is hide and seek, that means you hide. The family gets weapons, which are old timey, and they try to kill you. And they have to kill you because the pack with the devil is they need a, a human sacrifice when it says hide and seek. And if they don't, they all will die. That's what they believe, at least. Right. Okay. So in this movie, you find that out at this point when we get there. Now, she, of, course, of course, she draws. She does not know. She does not know at all. So she draws the hide and seek, and she literally thinks she's playing hide and seek. And that's the best part because she gets bored with hide and seek real quick. She's hiding in a dumb waiter for a minute, and then she just gets out. Because she's like, oh, this is boring. I'll just get caught. And that's when her husband kind of like grabs her and is like trying to forewarn her. And that's when the maid in the trailer, the first maid, gets shot in the head. And of course, she's gargling <laughs> around on the ground. I want to point this out. She doesn't die right away. <laughs> Graphic and good. But that's not the part that creep. That kind of anyway. The uh, what was the guy's name? Is Mr. Uh, I can't remember the, the Mr. Led. Uh, not, not was it Mr. Ledoux? Mr. The 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 the, the devil guy. Check into that real quick. I yeah. forgot. I forgot the name of him, but uh, but he's he is. So you never see. Well, I shouldn't say never. You don't necessarily. He has his own chair. He has the box. That's that's you know who the grandfather. So you find out the story. There's the grandfather, the great grandfather. Sorry, figured out this box. Makes a pack with the devil. Sorry, go, Mister. It's Labelle. Mister Labelle. Sorry, yes, it's Labelle. So Mister Labelle. It's his box. He met his, his the great grandfather was on a merchant ship. He meets Mr. LaBelle. He's hanging out with him. He gives him this box. He says, if you can figure out this box, I will fund anything that you're part of and your family will be prosperous. He figures the box out and that's how you find out what this is. When this movie opens with a soft open, you open with a sacrifice and it's actually the aunt's husband who's getting killed 30 years prior and i just want to point out how awesome the aunt was by the way the aunt <laughs> looks horrible she's she is like just mean and grumpy when they're it looks like they're going to experience some coitus and she's just in the room and she's like i hope you can hide better than that <laughs> mind you this is before the game like the aunt is great and she has this battle axe too <laughs> right she has <laughs> she has a battle axe and she chops she chops some maid's head off like, because both maids that get shot, one gets shot through the mouth with an arrow from a crossbow, and the other one gets just shot with, a, like, a derringer. It was Aunt and Helene, by the way. Aunt Helene, yes, it was Aunt Helene. I loved Aunt and Helene. Aunt Helene was great. So, Aunt, <laughs> Aunt Helene uh, then just chops the one lady girl's head off, because both of them don't die. They're both like... <laughs> And like she's trying to make a point when the ones the one that gets shot with the crossbow, the second one, mm-hmm. and she's, she's trying to talk, and all of a sudden she's here. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it, finally, it the sister that killed both of them by the co- accident? The cocaine the sister, the cocaine addicted sister. She's, she's like comes in, she's just snorting, and then at one point in junctures, you see her in the bathroom just taking a whole like huge line, and there's just yeah coke all over the place. Oh, so, so I gotta go check crazy. on this. I gotta go check on that, and then you see her snorting doing coke, drugs, or doing drugs, and of course her kids pills. are sleeping. Yeah, uh, one of the kids shoots the bride in the hand. Yeah. And then gets knocked out for his. <laughs> she just punches <laughs> she him. She cold cocked him. Uh, but that leads to the part that, that affected me. She falls into this pit that has like dead uh, goats in it because they sacrifice goats. You find this out later, right? And then they throw them in this pit. And then there's also the dead body of the the, the husband from thirty years ago in right? there. And then eventually there's the dead bodies of these maids, uh, but not at this point. 
And as she's climbing out, now mind you, she's gotten shot through the hand. She's climbing out. That same hand, she's has to grab. She's going to slip and fall because the ladder is broke. She has to come up. And when she does, there's a nail. And you see the nail there the whole time. And you're like, you know it's going to happen. You know it's mm-hmm. going to happen. And she slams her hand right through what, thankfully, it was where the gun shot through. But still, ripping into her hand. Yes. It was. Oh, and then she had to rip it out. I love it. And then she just yells at the kid again. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funnier parts. The other funny part is when, uh, well, the other disturbing part that led to a funny part. Both of them lead to a funny part. Have you, did you notice that? Because oh, after yeah. the nail thing, she's yelling at the kid and it's hilarious. Yeah. And then the next part, she's she finally gets she's outside the manor. She pulls this uh this rod this iron rod out of the gate and she's going through, but she's not quite skinny enough. And she's cutting herself. And when I mean cutting herself, the gate is like it, it shows it. It's like digging into her deep, like probably yeah. a good half inch to an inch deep. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's 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 it was that hard was some for good me to special watch. effect, dude. Work it there. was it was hard for me to watch. Yeah. It looked real. And she comes out, and there's a car there, and the car won't stop. And they're like, get out of the road. She's like, I hate you, rich sons of bitches. <laughs> she goes into a chariot. So I, I feel like both times that they had like a super like disgusting scene, if you will, they followed them with humor to kind of like break, right. the, break, break the moment. That. Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that quite a bit. There was a lot of cool humor in the movie. Uh, so did you have anything going into the end? What, what did, did you notice? Did you, you, know, did you want to throw in there? Because there's a couple other things, but I, I want to toss it over to you for a minute. Yeah, I, I knew what was going to happen with the husband ahead of time. That's where your next really, you know, kind of hit home with me. You know, that I, I saw the that Alex coming. character. OK, I, I saw this. that coming. First of all, the Daniel character, which was played by um, uh, the Bro- uh, Brody. Oh, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Yeah. The Daniel character, which is not the husband, by the way. Contrary to what it looks it's the like, husband's the, brother. What it looks like in the trailer, it's not. Adam Brody is the brother of the husband. Alex is the husband, and Adam Brody is amazing in this movie. Yeah, he I was as close. Did you ever movie. watch the OC back in the early two thousands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was on that. That's yeah, where he, he really yeah, kind of yeah. got his his big breakout role, and, and he, he was, reminded me a lot of he was that also character. In Scream Four. Yes, because he's the buddy. He's the buddy cop. He's the buddy cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and he was good in that and too. He died, but he died in that too. Yes, he did. <laughs> but uh, but he did remind me a lot of the Seth Cohen character a little bit, but much more grown up and uh, just a, an absolute drunken mess. I mean, Samara Weaving is definitely the heart and soul of this movie, and is amazing. Oh, absolutely, uh, and she's amazing. She's amazing. I love. I love her performance. Best thing in this movie. Adam Brody's second. No, oh, absolutely. Adam Brody was great. Now, mind you, there was a lot of cool like acting in this movie, man. Yeah, there the was. father. The guy who plays the father is great. Oh yeah, I know he doesn't have a long list of like accomplishments, but his comedic timing was great. Like as things just keep failing and he's just hilarious about it. I love it. Every time he throws a fit, he's like, "Oh, this is gonna." And he's just going. And she's like, "Calm down, honey." Like his wife's like, "Calm down." And he's just Played like, by Go. Andy McDowell." Yeah, Andy great McDowell casting. was the wife. Hadn't and seen she her was, in anything in a long she time. Was, she was great too. Yeah, she was. The professor kept looking at me throughout this movie and be. He, I don't know how many times. God, she's hot. God, she's hot. Oh, she's so hot. Oh, man. But anyway, she was really good in this movie. Yeah, but she was. The husband, uh, her husband, the father. Yeah. Oh, man. His comedic timing. Like I said, I looked at his IMDb. He's not been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Man, the, they should book him in more stuff. The he only thing great. I ever saw him in, he was, he was in a movie in the mid 2000s with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Brittany Murphy, uh, Just Married. Oh, okay. He was yeah, actually yeah, Brittany yeah. Murphy's snooty father in that. He kind of played a similar role. But yeah, but he was super good in this. Yeah, I, he was I, amazing. I enjoyed in him in this. I yeah. enjoyed him in this a lot. So the acting in this movie was great all the way. So to be like, hey, but Samara Weaving definitely above, and she deserves, she should be in everything. She I'm really sorry. should. She After really the babysitter should. on Netflix, I was sold 
sold on her right from the start. I liked her in The Babysitter. I dug it. But this, I think this took her acting to another oh, level. Oh, it did take it to it another amazing. level. amazing. But she I was knew very in that physical. Role, she was going to I mean, be great. She, she was very physical. I mean, the wedding dress stuff where she keeps taking the, using the wedding <laughs> dress as a weapon and everything else is so yeah. good. Uh, like I said, Adam Brody was great in this. So uh, it's really a story about Alex. So Alex is trying to save her for the first, you know, most of the movie. You know, he breaks into the thing, and that's how she gets outside because he turns off the, uh, you know, the, the locks to the doors. And, you know, he's really looks like he's trying to save his wife. And uh, but I it, it came in. There was part of it that I started to catch on about. And I, I can't take full credit for this because I did listen to uh, the Dead Meat podcast, which mm-hmm. those guys are going to be at Scaricon as well. Uh, James A. Janice and his uh, girlfriend, Chelsea Rebecca, they will be there. So I'm just going to give them a shout out because I actually they made this point and I thought about it. I was thinking the same thing, so I kind of want to give them credit because they, they put it into words as well. Uh, if you listen, and I caught on to this earlier in the movie, so when they first are, when he first grabs her, you see the maid get killed, and then they go into the servants' hallways, right? You know, the secret hallways. And when they're in there, and she's like, "Why wouldn't you tell me?" And he was like, "Well, you would have left me." So I'm like, "Wow, it's it's all about him." And then, like, his mother comes in and talks to him while he's cuffed to the bed after, you know, whatever it is. They've captured her, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's like, well, if you do anything, I'll kill you. And she's like, well, you're going to choose somebody you've known for 18 months over your family who's known you forever. And he admits there in that room that, you know, he was starting to feel like, you know, sacrificing goats is how we found out there were sacrifices. Uh, sacrificing goats and killing things was, you know, the, the enchanting devil was normal. Like, he, he felt like he was enjoying it or whatnot. And it's like, damn, yeah, and this is going to go some way. So right. they catch her. And we're going to go into the finish because, you know, there's so much more we could talk about. But it was just really good. But let's, for sake of time and everything, going into the finish because this is probably my favorite part of this movie. Uh, you have uh, – she gets captured pretty much by uh, Adam Brody's character, Daniel. Right. Uh, he hits her with the butt of a rifle. They bring her in finally after she's tried to escape many times and gotten away. It's pretty cool. So they come in and she's tied to this pentagram table with uh, like a thing over her mouth. And, you know, and they're performing this uh, ritual, if you will. And uh, the whole movie, uh, Daniel's character has been like, man, I don't want to be a part of this. You know, at one point in juncture, he says to his sister when they right before they find her son who got knocked out after shooting <laughs> her in the hand. Uh, he, he says to his sister, like, we, you know, maybe we do deserve to die. Maybe yeah. maybe if the curse is real, we deserve to die. And then she's like, but my kids don't. And then when she when the kid tells her that, uh, you know, she shot her in the hand and his mother's like, oh, you did such a great job. He, like Daniel gives this look like, man. This, this is not good. Right. This, is, this kid's going to be like me because he gave away the husband in the beginning right. like when he was a child. He's like, man, this kid's going to grow up to be me, like me and I'm an alcoholic and I'm a F up and all that stuff. And so you go into the ceremony and you're like, man, she's done for. She, this is it. That, man, they're going to kill her, which I'm like, damn, I, I was hoping they wouldn't. And then he doesn't come down with a dagger because everybody's puking up blood because Daniel poisoned the, the stuff that they were drinking. <laughs> Not enough to kill them, just right. enough to make them sick. So he get her off the thing and then give them a really bad case of the shits, as he points out, <laughs> right. for about a week. For about a week. And then his greedy <laughs> wife ends up killing him. Yeah. Like, as he's getting out, he has the bride out and he's like standing in front of her. He's trying to talk some sense to his wife and his wife just shoots him in the neck. Yep. And that's how, and well, he, he bleeds out and everything. His brother gets free and he comes down and sees him and he dies in his arms anyways. But like, 
Like it's it's real. So at this point in juncture, uh, there's no more gun bullets in the gun. Uh, the bride pistol whips his other the the Daniel's wife. Then she bumps into the father with, for one more comedic timing from the father when he's just like, <laughs> "You are nothing but a sacrifice." You know what? The hell with the table. I'm just gonna finish it myself. And then she comes upside his head with a vase, which is really cool. And then it leads to the mother and the bride. Right. And the mother had said before that she really liked her, but, you know, she has to protect her family. And, you know, so they get into it. Looks like she's going to kill her by choking her. And she clocks her. And then she gets the box, the card box, and she beats the mother's face in. They don't show too much as she's doing it except for blood flying. But you then, see the after effects. Oh, I was going to say. But then, <laughs> if you thought that they were going to just do it off screen, oh, no. They show the after effects. And boy, was the makeup job great. Yeah. She looked mangled. Yeah. I mean, this box looks pretty heavy and stuff. So, needless to say, her son, Alex, the husband, walks in as as she's finishing, like, beating her to death. Because, I mean, she came down on her, like, ten times with that box. <laughs> like, overkill. Like, the, the bitch was dead. She just overkilled her. <laughs> And he comes in, and that's where you get the point, you know, where where he does, he he she he goes, well, after this, you won't want, once again, and this is where I give them credit, because I was thinking the same thing, but they put it better words, but it's just like he says, after this, you won't want to be with me. Once again, being about him, and then she right. grabs her, and the next thing you know, they're trying to hold her down, and it's almost dawn, and they're going for the ritual. She kind of tugs to the side. He hits her in the shoulder with a knife. She rolls off the table, pulls the knife out, and she's sitting there like a wild animal almost. Like, she's so traumatized, but she's just grunting and, like, stabbing towards people as they come near her. And that's where Aunt Helene opens up the curtains to reveal it's sunlight. It's right. dawn. And they all they all kind of drop part. and cringe this like is vampires. The best part. By the way, the uh, Fitch, the husband of the sister, the coked out sister, yeah. Fitch, who throughout the movie is amazingly funny. He is the funniest when he's cringing. He's like, ah! and he's like overreacting. <laughs> it all. looks like a vampire movie, like in a vampire comedy when the sun comes. Oh, up. Oh, it's great! And then nothing happens. And then Fitch like stands up. He's like, I told you this was bullshit. And then they're all just standing there. And she's still like looking psychotic. The bride is. And they're like, well, I think we still have to kill her because she's going to tell on us, obviously. And so Aunt Helene goes crazy, though. She's like, oh, I won't ever fail you again. Talking about Mr. LaBelle. I will never kill you again. We still haven't seen it at this point. It's just an empty chair. Empty chair. We've been told that Alex, when he was a kid, had seen him. Right. Only person who has seen him, allegedly, in the chair. Because uh, the father doesn't believe it. Aunt Helene believes it, but the father doesn't. So uh, Aunt Helene picks up her battle axe. She pulls it back. She's coming at the bride. It looks like, you know, she's going to kill her. And then she explodes. <laughs> blood everywhere. Blood Just everywhere. Explodes. Like when I mean explode, blood everywhere. Just spontaneously it, by combust. By the way, it is equal parts gory and equal parts hilarious. Yeah. Like it is a fun scene. <laughs> then the the wife, the wife of Daniel, who she who killed Daniel, she's like, oh, and she starts saying, and then she explodes. Like, mind you, they all take time <laughs> to explode. Then the uh, sister and the two kids run out of the room, and you hear three explosions and blood just everywhere. <laughs> and then Fitch explodes. And then the father explodes. So it leaves Alex and the bride. And Alex walks up. Now, meanwhile, as these explosions are happening... The bride is standing there laughing, laughing hysterically to the point where she's snorting. Yeah, and, and one of the funniest things that yes. happens in the whole movie. And she's covered in some of this blood because the blood she's, is visceral is hitting her oh, yeah. from all these people. And she is laughing, and like you said, snorting. So then Alex is, says something to her, and she's laughing while he first starts talking to her. And he's like, we can make it work, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I'm being spared for a reason. She takes off the ring, and she just goes, I want a divorce, and throws the ring at him. And as soon as the ring hits him, he 
explodes. <laughs> and then, and then to have it even funny. And then she sits there and laughs some more and snorts a couple real deep ones. And she's got blood in her mouth. And remember, she it looks like she's tasting and she's just like, yeah, like kind of like whatever. But she doesn't even, she can't care anymore. She looks over at the chair and we get the faint Mr. LaBelle's. He kind of like come, appears, gives her the nod and disappears, and disappears just as quickly. And she just goes, fuck. <laughs> And she walks away because obviously he gave her the nod. Like, yeah, you're good to go. You're good. Good job. You're good job. You, yep. you, you messed these people up. So she goes into the room where she killed the mother and she grabs her cigarette case. <laughs> it wasn't even her. She didn't smoke. No, well, she did in the beginning of the movie. Remember, she she smokes in the scene when Alex comes in the chat. Oh, I thought her. that she didn't smoke. No, no. I she thought told it was the, the mother's mother, case. She told, yeah, it was the mother's case. She told the mother she didn't smoke when the mother offered her a cigarette. She said, oh, I don't smoke. But she did in the oh, room I didn't with catch Alex. it in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, she, she did. And then that's why she goes and grabs the mother's case. She literally, so the movie ends, like the house caught on fire. While they're doing the ceremony, the house was on fire the whole time. So now the fire is just more You hear the sirens coming. She walks outside. She's all disheveled. Walks outside, sits down, lights a cigarette, smokes as firemen and cops are running by her. Cops are talking to her. <laughs> and she's just smoking this cigarette. Like that is how the movie ends. Perfect ending. Yeah. Perfect ending. I was worried that they were going to kill the bride. They yeah, I was afraid because she was part of the perfect. family that she was going to explode too. You know, she Mr. LaBelle was, it, was a fan her- of Mr. LaBelle was a fan of her her job. <laughs> he was a fan of her work. All right. So I'll tell you, this movie. You know, I, I know how you said you wouldn't give a 10 out of 10, and I haven't ever given one either. I think the closest things to a perfect movie would be The Exorcist and maybe the original Black Christmas. Halloween, close for me, but because of some of the dialogue, that's what keeps it, you know, from being perfect. This is one of the closest, you know, one of the the movies that's as close to perfect as I've ever seen in terms of a horror movie. It's and great. it became a horror movie. I thought it was going to be a dark comedy the whole time, and it was, it was but equal, it was a horror movie. I was going to say, it was equal parts dark comedy, equal parts horror. Like yeah, it was it was it was equal parts. It was great, and it uh, was fantastic. So coming into the million dollar question here, as we finish up with the sequel thing, as you can see, the 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 movie kind of was nice little package together. Yeah. So the only way I think you do a sequel is if you're telling about another family, because this guy, because they make reference that another family had had like they're like, oh, didn't they die in a fire? He's like, oh no, it's much worse than that. He's like, that's, that's just what, what the news said. That's or just the what the news said. said or whatever. Yeah. So another family. So there was more than one box. So Mr. Labelle had made multiple deals with multiple rich, successful right. families. So the only way you could do a sequel, I would believe, is to have another rich, successful family, kind of the same premise. Right. And I don't know that it would hit the same way that this did. It, you know, it's it might be okay, but you're gonna know what to expect. You'd have to have another game that's got some kind of hilarious. Well, you know. the, well, the problem is, is that if you have another movie like this, like you said, you know what to expect. You can only be original once. Right. And that's why I think this movie is so good, because it was original. This In a day and age where everything's a remake, a reboot, a reimagining, uh, a story that's based on another story, you know, it's just a, you know, homogenized, same shit we've seen over and over again. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. This story was new. It was different. Oh, yeah. I have not seen something with the same premise. Right. There's they they Hollywood cannot make an original movie, and these guys nailed it. I don't know who came up with this idea, who was sitting there thinking huh although samara weaving is is got to have something with the devil because two of her movies straight down with the devil <laughs> she's a saint she's a satan worshiper in in the the, the babysitter yeah and now she's surviving satan pretty much right in uh, ready or not so right 
she's in home runs with the devil. And she's great. I mean, this is somebody to watch for. You know, I want to I want her to be a scream queen, and it seems like that's what it's gonna be, but she's got chops. Oh, she was she's great. gonna be a good actress no matter she what she great. does. Great British actress. Um her father, of course, is the great Hugo Weaving, who mm-hmm. was Mr. Smith in the uh Agent Smith, Agent excuse Smith, me. Sorry, yes. In the, Smith, uh, the Matrix movies. In the Matrix we're movies. We're Matrix 4. We just yes. found that out this past week. Yeah, we did find that Lana out. Lana so. Wykowski. I know. I I, I, I got to be honest. I still find it weird that it used to be the Wykowski brothers and now it's the Wykowski siblings. Right. It's it's, it's just weird. I don't, I don't care. Do no, you, I don't care I just, I just thought it was weird because it's like, oh. And maybe uh, she'll be a part of it. Maybe Samara Weaving will be a part of maybe, it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there was a rumor that Michael B. Jordan was going to be a part of it. So you, huh. know, you never know. But we know that Keanu Reeves and uh, Moss are both back. Yeah. So we got our two major characters back. So right. We can go from there. Uh, I know we're going to really do a podcast about the Matrix, but there you go. Right. Got a little bonus there. Uh, no, I, I'm a fan. I, I thought that, uh, well, actually, if you go into that, the Wykowskis had an amazing movie from hell. The Johnny oh, yeah. Depp, uh, they they did they directed wrote directed uh, from I didn't now. realize that the Johnny Depp uh, Jack, Jack the, the Ripper, Ripper movie. Story. Actually, I love that movie by the way. Yeah, some people are very hard on it. I, I didn't I, love it. I, I thought I, it was okay. I loved it. I thought I, it's my favorite Jack the Ripper movie because yeah. I, I feel like it goes in depth. I mean, obviously they even say it's just theory. It's nothing that they're right. proposing was real. It's a fictional account of a conspiracy theory, right? Which is fine. And but it was great. Johnny Depp does a great job in the movie, and I, I really like it. So there, that's more of a horror edge for the Wachowskis. Right, throwing it out there. Bring it first. There we go. But uh, the uh, Ready or Not, great movie. I great movie. I, I can't say enough about it. Like I said, I just take my money. The movie is oh, great. Uh, I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna say this is one of the best horror movies ever made. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up there. I, I got. If I was doing another top list, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're talking. This is amongst the greats, but this is easily easily top fifteen greatest horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Really, I'm going to go that far. Wow, this wow. movie was effing amazing. I'm not saying is I'm not. And it's not shitting on it. Maybe I may I could probably put it in my top twenty twenty five. I would say if you're talking about. Uh, more comedic performances like your dark horror movies or your dark comedy horror movies. I would say this is probably my favorite dark horror movie. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Idle Hands earlier, which is really fun and tongue-in-cheek, but that's more comedic than it is is, right. is horror. This actually has a horror element to it. And I put this up there with Behind the Mask at this point. I, I think that I, that one might still be, you know, I, I, would I might still, like that I, one a I little might, bit I more. Think, I think Behind the Mask would be number one. This would be number two, if yeah. you ask me right now, as far, oh, as, yeah. like a, as, far as a horror movie with comedy in it. Right. We'll, maybe we'll Shaun of the way. Dead, maybe number three. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, this might have surpassed, definitely surpassed Shaun of the Dead. Uh, but, like, it's hard for me to put it in just a straight horror context because there's so many great horror movies. But, uh, you know, I, I would I would dare say top 25 easy. I, without trying to do it, it might break the top 20. Yeah. I might, I might I, be exact. I I'd have to see my you. list again because I've done this before. You know, I've done a big list mm-hmm. like this. But I, I would have to say it would have to be in my top 15. I don't I, know if it would crack the top 10. I'd have to see it again. But top 15 for me. I would, I would say it would probably – I would guarantee it without – Going into a list right now, I guarantee it's in the top 25, and I would dare say it's probably in the top 20 easy. I don't know if I'd, I, it might be in the top 15 for me, but I can't off the top of my head be guarantee that. Right. I can definitely guarantee it's in the top 25, and I can give you the probability it's in the top 20 of all. Right. And that's that's good enough, oh, pretty much. But out of all the horror movies that have I, ever been made? I, I might have to go through and make the list again, and then I can get a respect. But yeah, out of 20, 25 for sure. And if you're in the top 25 out of the hundreds of horror movies I've literally watched in my lifetime. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like this movie a lot. It was really fun. It was a lot. Of, it was really good. It, it was um, better than Boar. Oh, of course. 
<laughs> Boar was what it was. <laughs> right. Boar we just got to get our Boar in there for the week. Man, and Boar was what it was. I mean, it was definitely better than Freddy's Dead. Yeah. That's so twice. That's twice. Co- comedic horror movies, Freddy's Dead, you know, used to reign supreme. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. Yeah. I, tri- I tried. I tried. I tried to convince you of it, but no. No. Uh, anyways, it was great. It's a great movie. Go see it. If you well, obviously, if you listen to this, I hope you already saw it. If you didn't and you were on the fence, I hope that gets you to see it. It was really good. Original story. It was equal parts. It what I, I hate calling it a dark comedy for the reason that it was equal parts horror and equal parts comedy. But you can't outlast a comedy because the comedy was great. Oh, like it was a yeah. funny ass. When it was funny, it was super funny. It was a comedy movie when it was a comedy movie when it was a horror movie it was a horror movie yeah i mean the ending was a little fun the right points the ending the the ending reminded me of django yes i know i said django instead of django i always like to say django because of course sam jackson sam jackson said it best in that movie damn you did django (laughs) but if you remember the end of django unchained when there's like just a bloodbath in that last scene that is what the last scene of this movie is yeah, this was definitely bloody. It, it was surprising. It wasn't quite Although, as it wasn't quite as bloody as Django because there was a lot more bodies in that one. But it was it was it was on par. It right. was pretty damn bloody. Although the Alex character, I saw that coming. I did not see the rest of it coming. <laughs> At least not in the way that it did. No, no. The way that they they wrote that, oh, so good. And there was uh, so there was good. other great moments in the movie. There wasn't a super high body count, but it didn't need it. It really didn't. An entire family got wiped out. Right, but I mean, it, it wasn't a super high body count. No, well, no. I mean, there wasn't that's 60 at the people, end of the but... Mo- but that was at the end of the movie. Right. I'm just saying, like, throughout the movie, there was only, I, I think, there had like to five. be at least 10 people that died. Well, no. You had the three. Well, if you're talking you about the, the whole family. Ma- you had the three. Well, no. You had the three maids. I'm talking about before the end sequence. And, and by the way, that's the banter with the family about the maids. Yes. <laughs> and each one was, was a, each one was a different one's favorite. Yeah. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, that was one. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, no. So, before the finish of that movie, before the finale, you had the three maids over the, the portion that died. You had the butler, who was a real <laughs> asshole. Yeah, he was. Real asshole. That guy was glad, great, too. Glad he died. You had Daniel, because it was before. He, he died technically before that scene. That was it. You had five deaths coming into the final scene. And then oh, in the yeah. final scene, you had the three, six, seven. So you yeah. had seven in the final scene. Yeah. Which isn't bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but outside of this, I'm just saying the body count wasn't like slasher levels. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of those movies, a lot of slasher, Friday the 13th movies, it's usually about seven to ten people that but, get killed. But think about it. The people who died, there was only a handful that died. There, nobody died menacingly. Everybody was really kind of a comedic except for the... <laughs> right. And, and Daniel, because you felt bad that he died. Right. So other than that, the three maids were just comedic relief. And <laughs> even the end, even that end where there's seven of them and explode. It's, just it's hearing funny. you say that. It's funny. Oh, it it man, came it across great. as funny because especially when you're watching her and she is just so far gone. She's, she's just cracking laughing. Up. She thinks it's the greatest thing ever. And I thought it was funny, too. I had a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. Of course, with their last words, most of them were hilarious, too. In the theater, the place was rolling as that was happening. Yeah. Everybody in so that theater look was at it, dying. I don't, that's why it's a comedy because I don't look. That, that's the comedic parts that were good. Right. So it's equal parts. I, I still love the movie, no matter how you cut it. So with that being said, that finishes our review of our spoiler and non-spoiler review, if you will, <laughs> of Ready or Not. We we liked the movie so much we wanted to talk more about it. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, well, let me go through roll call real quick before uh, we get out of here. Of course, once again, if you want to comment on Ready or Not or anything we discuss or anything you would like us to talk about, hit us up on the social medias, HorrorZone607 on Facebook. 
at HorrorZone607 on Twitter. Use the hashtag HZ607 to join the conversation. We want to hear from you. Uh, Also, visit us on 8122productions.com where you can stream and download our shows from there. Also, you can uh, find all sorts of stuff, reviews and everything else. And also check out other 8122 Productions uh, products, you know, that I'm a part of as well. Three Fat Nerds Podcast and 3FN Wrestling uh, to help us out. Also, while you're there, you can go friends of the show and uh, follow the link to take you to our friends over at the ODPH, the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour. Check those guys out. They're very entertaining as well as they talk about sports and entertainment as well. So check everybody out. We're one big hashtag 607 podcast family. We got a couple appearances coming up. I'm not going to give you the whole deets because you heard uh, the commercials. Uh, but uh, uh, September 20th and 29th, me and Mike C will both be taking place at RoberCon. Uh, we're doing uh, the 8122 production slash three fat nerds panel. Mike will be an honorary three fat nerd, even though you're not fat. I'm uh, getting there. You, you, you're not close. Not, 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 not I, compared, I, I, I not feel compared a to chubby. not, not compared to the other three of us. Do these pants make me look fat? No, you. Uh, we discussed this on the Three Fat Nerds podcast. You are definitely the heartthrob of the eight one two two productions. Shucks, just throwing that out there. Shucks. I mean, but that's also like never mind. We can't tell that joke. Here. <laughs> I'll tell you that joke off the air because I don't want to get in trouble. That's fine. Uh, that's 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 the reason we need Patreon, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll be doing that. Uh, we'll, me and Mike C will be there both. Uh, then, uh, of course, we you heard the advertisement for October fourth and fifth. Uh, the Oneana Foothills Performing Arts Center in Oneana, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Get your tickets at scififhorrorfest.com. And, of course, October 18th, 19th, and 20th, we will be in Rochester, New York at the Rochester Riverside Hotel for Scaricon. Get your tickets. Go to scaricon.com. Uh, once again, there was commercials in place, so I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. Uh, as we get closer, we'll definitely be excited because we're excited for all those. Well, Absolutely. we're excited for those events, period. Uh, and so, yeah, and there'll be more we're adding. More we're adding. So come check us out. Uh, that's all I got, Mike. All right. Thanks, Rich. Uh, it's been a fun show, as always. So thanks for being here with me. And thank you, the listeners, for checking us out every single week. We really appreciate you guys downloading and listening to our show. Don't forget, as Rich said, check out the the other shows uh, that are part of the 8122 Productions. Uh, of course, Three Fat Nerds, Three Fat Nerds Wrestling, and our friends over at the Ocho Dura Parley Hour, Ken M. You know, thanks, thanks for everything you do, buddy. We really appreciate you, as well as everybody else that's on the show. Uh, so come back next week. We'll be talking a lot more horror. We'll be giving you the biggest news of the week, and we'll be having a lot of fun doing it. Talk to you later, guys. See ya. See ya.